0: Live from San Diego, California, we go live to the newsroom with your host, For Nix Nerd. Hello, and welcome to this hot October night. It is October 19th. We are. Uh, just over a week and a half from Halloween uh, we are just a few days out from the release of Gotham Knights a week and a day out from Call of Duty modern Warfare 2 we are we are almost to the new year folks we are we are much closer to 2023 than we were a month ago obviously that <laughs> obviously that makes sense right uh, no for real. Welcome, of course, to Nick's Nerd News. I am your host, Nick. Uh, like I said, today is October 19th, and uh, we're going to have a good day. We're going to have a good day. How are you guys doing? You, sh- you liking? You sharing? You subscribing? You you poking? You leaving reviews? I, I don't know. Whatever you guys do, it's up to you. It's up to m- not me. Uh, <laughs> um, no, no. How's everything else? You, you guys... Uh, Having fun? You've seen some cool memes? I've seen some cool memes lately. Um, anyway, let's get right into it, shall we? No, no time to waste. No time to waste. Uh, let's start with video games, as we often do. So, recently, two never-before-released or seen NES games, uh, both never-released, never-seen, um... And they're up for auction on eBay. Completely unrelated, too. Uh, never released in commercial form. Never digitized uh, to be played on an emulator. Um, they're mostly unknown. Unplayed. Um, the Video Game History Foundation looks like... is looking to try and get their hands on them. Um, one is Battlefields of Napoleon, an RTS game that was released in Japan only. is Napoleon Senkai. And Scanners... Um, not much is known, um, it was built for the Power Glove, um, two of them, like I said, these are two unreleased games, they're on eBay, uh, uh, um, Frank Safaldi, who is head of the Video Game History Foundation, is running a GoFundMe, uh, to try and raise money, um, to try and get the game. Uh, the the games, I should say. Uh, so if you want to contribute to that and help be a part of his, video game history, you can do so. Uh, Sony has bought the rights to the GameStop Stonks movie adaptation. Yes, uh, now that we've had multiple documentaries made about the Stonks situation, uh, now we're getting a movie about it. Uh, it's going to be called Dumb Money. Um... Sony just bought it. They are going to be making it under probably Sony Pictures or Columbia Pictures. Um, It will star Seth Rogen, Paul Dano, Sebastian Stan, Pete Davidson, and Shailene Woodley. Um, They're calling it a classic, quote, classic David vs. Goliath tale about how Wall Street was beaten at its own game, quote unquote. No, Wall Street dudes were, Wall Street bros were heavily involved. Like, come on. Um... It's ridiculous. It's apparently based on the book by Ben Mesrick called The Anti-Social Network. um, About all the people who made and lost fortunes overnight. Over the short squeeze around GameStop. Um, That's ridiculous. Uh, Valve has finally updated their Steam app to make it much more user friendly. uh, And to be a more modern... App, I should say, uh, they've com- like when I say they completely overhauled it, I I I mean, they have completely overhauled it, like to the nth degree. It it it's like a million times better, and you should definitely make sure your app is updated, or if you deleted the app because it was just pointless and unusable, um, and want to be able to use it again, now now is definitely the time to do that. Um, with Stadia's death, uh, it was not a victimless crime, (laughs) uh, no, it, it, some studios unfortunately have gone under, uh, its first video game victim though has fallen as well. Uh, a, a multiplayer game that was called, called Outcasters, uh, essentially will cease to exist when Stadia dies in January, um, via game developer, Outcasters, Uh, Studio Splash Damage said that uh, because the game was built exclusively for Stadia, it's not viable to port the game over to another platform, quote-unquote. They put out a statement. I don't understand how it can't go to another cloud service. I I guess because it it relies too much on Stadia's code. I I am not entirely sure. Uh, Spider-Man Miles Morales is the next PlayStation-exclusive game to head to PC, which you'll be able to get it next month. The mods will be glorious. Uh, Activision Blizzard has found itself in yet again another lawsuit. Uh, This one um, includes sexual battery, failure to prevent said harassment, gender discrimination, and intentional infliction of emotional distress. This is via the Daily Mail, not the most... um, uh, The Daily Mail can somewhat be a tabloid sometimes uh, a plain a, uh, a plaintiff going by Jane Doe having their identity protected has filed a lawsuit with the Los Angeles Superior Court um, and has claimed that quote Activision Blizzard is a massive video game company with a massive sexual harassment problem quote unquote Jane Doe is looking to get a undisclosed amount of compensation punitive damages and the removal of CEO Bobby Kotick um, which we think will pretty much happen when Microsoft takes over. Um, It's both against Activision Blizzard itself, uh, as well as a former employee whose name is Miguel Vega, who was a manager of Jane Doe. Uh, He was fired a month after she reported him to management. Um, Apparently they met in Vegas in 2009 or 2010 before she started working in Activision Blizzard. They started a friendship I guess she ended up sending "quote unquote" compromising photos. Um, she regrets that now. Obviously, that's not entirely on him. Um, it ended though in 2011 when she alleged met her future husband. Um, I guess Vega helped her get independent contractor work at Activision Blizzard in 2016 and started full time at the company in 2020. Uh, Then apparently Vega allegedly groped and attempted to kiss her, telling her one day you'll give in, quote-unquote. I guess he belittled, insulted, threatened to blackmail her with compromising photos that were sent almost a decade earlier. Um, A quote from Jane Doe says, quote, He never missed an opportunity to make her feel small. Uh, Oh, that's from her lawyers, quote-unquote. She reported blackmail threats and all that to the head of leadership. Vega was removed from Activision Blizzard uh, the following month, um, and this was an update. Activision Blizzard says, quote, We take all employee concerns seriously. When the plaintiff reported her concerns, we immediately opened an investigation and Mr. Vega was terminated within 10 days. We have no tolerance for this kind of misconduct. It's the latest in a long line of allegations against the company that began with a lawsuit filed by the state of California accusing Activision Blizzard of fostering a frat boy culture. Well, it's currently pending, um, unquote. So we'll see what happens with that lawsuit moving forward. I think this is like the sixth or seventh now against Activision in recent days. Um, Valve may be creating a new IP. Uh, New trademark was filed. Uh, No word yet though on what that means or what it's for, but it could potentially be a new IP While everyone waits for Half-Life 3 to never come out. Um, If you are still playing Pokemon Sword and Shield, do not expect the game to be supported any further after November. Uh, Online battles and trading will still be supported. uh, But uh, the reason for this is the Pokemon Company and Game Freak will be shifting all their focus to Scarlet and Violet. Which launch next month. Overwatch 2 is out and still facing some uh, issues. Uh, However, Blizzard has announced they will not rebalance the game until at least November. Um, It is facing criticism for not being that much of a difference between the first game and the second game. Uh, Resolution and um, character models have definitely been improved, as well as textures and things like that. Uh, However, in some places, textures have not been improved. Uh, Nick930, who's a great YouTuber who does direct comparisons between games. um, Definitely check his out. He does a comparison between the first and second game. Um, They are giving out a free skin, but there is another skin you can get. However, it is exclusive to McDonald's. So there's a special McDonald's Overwatch 2 skin you can get, I guess, by visiting one of the restaurants. Uh, Gotham Knights, which releases on Friday, is facing a lot of criticism uh, from from gamers in general. Uh, we've learned that it will be locked at 30 FPS on console. A lot of people are crying foul because I, I guess it shouldn't be that on modern consoles. Uh, of course, the Xbox One and PS4 versions were canceled. I, I don't really care. As long as the game looks good, plays well, I really don't care what the FPS is. I do not see the difference. Some people see the difference. But anyway, it's a f- uh, uproar. People are mad. People are canceling pre-orders. I, just, just, like, who gives a fuck? Play the damn game. It, it, like, is it that big of a deal? I I don't know. I really don't. And anyway, the game will also get a Heroic Assault in 4-player four, four co-op mode next month. Uh, as of right now, I think it's locked to 2-player co-op for the campaign. Um, NVIDIA has announced it will launch a 128-gig RTX 4080 after, uh, after outrage and uproar. Um, because, uh, they're, oh, it's unlaunching, excuse me. It's unlaunching it because the 16 gig model, oh, 12 gigs. How'd I get 128? (laughs) They're unlaunching the 12 because of the differences between the 16, it and the 16 gig model. Um, the RTX forty eighty twelve is a fantastic graphics card, but it's not named right. Um, they said having two GPUs with 4080 designation is confusing. They also said, um, so I don't, the 16 gig is still set for November 16th. Um, the 12 gig was set to launch for 899, but it was go- it was going to do so with less ray tracing, tensor, and CUDA cores than the more expensive model. Uh, the 16 gig model is going to launch at. Uh, 11 dollars and will now be the only 4080 model to launch on November 16th. Um, so, well, if you're looking for a less expensive option, you're going to have to wait uh, until the 12 gig is rebranded and relaunched sometime in the future. Uh, Razer had a bit of a tech announcement last week. Uh, they will also be releasing a dedicated handheld. Uh, for cloud gaming uh, called the Razer Edge. It's a portable gaming handheld. Um, it is start with a Wi-Fi-only version that will release for $399 in January 2023. A 5G-ready version will launch through Verizon sometime early next year. Uh, it will support ultra-wideband wide- and sub-6 gigahertz network. Um, they will follow the Steam Deck reservation model with a uh, $5 down payment to reserve it. Um, it will work with Xbox Cloud Gaming and NVIDIA GeForce. Um, it supports up to 144 frames per second uh, through the Steam Link app um, when you can, when you run games locally. Uh, it runs on Android 12 with Qualcomm's G3X Gen 1 chipset. Um, and it's a 6.8 8-inch tablet that you can actually remove from the controller. Um, It's essentially a Kishi version 2 Pro, uh, which at this point is now only available with the Razer Edge. Uh, That's their handheld uh, controller adapter that you can plug into most phones. Um, It has more features than the standard Kishi V2, Uh, so it has haptics, a 3.5mm headphone jack, which a lot of things are starting to ditch. Um... And uh, the tablet itself, like I said, is 6.8 inches. Uh, it's FHD+, Plus, which is 2400 by 1080 um, pixels. Uh, it's an OLED screen. Like I said, 144 hertz refresh rate. Um, there's also 8 gigs of LPDDR5 RAM. Um, 128 gigs of storage. Bluetooth 5.2. Wi-Fi 6E. Um, and which means it's compatible with Wi-Fi, uh, Google Nest Wi-Fi Pro, Eero Pro 6E, and more. Uh, it does have a front-facing camera, so you can stream on Twitch if you like, or use it for Zoom calls. Uh, it does have a 5,000 milliamp battery, so should last for quite a while. Um, and it looks like it's better than the Logitech one, uh, and for only $50 more. So if you've been in the market for a handheld game streaming device and don't want to get a Steam Deck uh, or the Logitech one, it sounds like this will be a great alternative. Um, so I don't know if you guys know this, but Bayonetta 3 is coming out. And the voice actress, Helena Taylor, who voices Bayonetta, is asking fans... To boycott the game. Um, Because she is claiming she was only paid $4,000 to return to the role. Um, I guess uh, this is after news broke that Jennifer Hale was taking over. Um, A lot of people were confused as to that. Um, She said, quote... On her twitter the bayonetta franchise has made an approximated 450 million dollars and that's not including merchandise as an actor i trained for a total of seven and a half years three years at the london academy of music and dramatic art lambda with voice coach barbara burker burkey burkery and four and a half years with the legendary larry moss in los angeles and what did they think this was worth what did they offer to pay me the final offer to do the whole game as a buyout flat rate was four thousand us dollars this is an insult to me The amount of time I took to work on my talent and everything that I've given to the game and to the fans. I am asking the fans to boycott this game and instead spend the money that you would have spent on this game donating to charity. I didn't want the world. I didn't ask for too much. I was just asking for a decent, dignified living wage. What they did was legal, but it was immoral. Quote, unquote. Um, She apparently can't even afford to run a car, um, she's railed against income inequality in England, she's not afraid of an NDA, um, she understands boycotting is a personal choice, uh, she's done all this in videos, um, I guess she had a re-audition to voice Bayonetta for the new game, um, I, I, I don't know, um, platinum on the other hand though is is countering this uh by claiming that they offered her about 4000 a session uh and would have multiple sessions but I, I i don't know what's going on i'm not a bayonetta fan um but i'm usually a fan of voice actors in general they don't get everything that they deserve sometimes um so I I don't know it's uh it's definitely an interesting thing for sure um, it is kind of turning into a he said she said type deal so I I don't know I've never heard of this person personally but that doesn't detract from their quality or skills um, Jennifer Hale though is world famous she's been in many big name projects known as uh, ship for for um, Mass Effect. She is Harrison Dilla on Rebels. So uh, I, I don't know. I do not know. It's an interesting thing. We'll see what happens. Um, and last week we talked about the phone number situation going on with with Overwatch Two. We also learned would be affecting Call of Duty. Uh, it's for Activision Blizzard's new like two-factor authentication, and didn't allow you to use some phone plans that maybe uh, not as wealthy people might have. Um, And we are now learning that it will not be required as much for Call of Duty as we might have previously thought. Um, While it will be in Modern Warfare 2, it only affects some PC players, apparently, Uh, Via PC Gamer, um, an anti-cheat blog on Call of Duty's website made clear that only those on PC will need to register a phone number before playing Modern Warfare 2. Existing Warzone players who previously verified their accounts will not need to provide any further details. Um, So this is quote, The SMS policy for Modern Warfare 2 and Warzone 2.0 on Battle.net is the same as the requirement for Call of Duty Warzone on PC, which was implemented in May 2020. A mobile phone number must be linked to your Steam account to play Modern Warfare 2 on that platform. Um, quote unquote. So it looks like if you didn't set it up in the past, you have to do it now, um, but it won't be for everyone. Also, we reported, I think last week or the week before, that G4 was cutting staff. Uh, we've now learned that G4 is officially dead. Less than a year after it relaunched. Um, I guess it just, it didn't pull in enough viewers. Uh, this is via deadline. Comcast um, Spectrum Chairman and CEO Dave Scott penned a letter to all employees saying, quote, Team, as you know, G4 was reintroduced last year to tap into the popularity of gaming. We invested to create the new G4 as an online and TV destination for fans to be entertained, be inspired, and connect with gaming content. Over the past several months, we worked hard to generate that interest in G4, but viewership is low and the network has not achieved sustainable financial results. This is certainly not what we hoped for, and as a result we have made the very difficult decision to discontinue G4's operations effective immediately. I know this is disappointing news, and I'm disappointed too. I want to thank you and everyone on the G4 team for the hard work and commitment to the network. Our human resources team is reaching out to you to provide you with support, discuss other opportunities that may be available, and answer any questions you may have. The channel lineups of Verizon, Fios, Cox, and Infinity TV, um, and stream on Philo and collaborate with Twitch on a multi-year promotional and commercial partnership through G4's official Twitch channel, quote-unquote. Um... Yeah, it sucks, but I think they kind of failed in their rollout, to be honest. It was hard to find. It was only on some providers. I think it was online only for a good portion. They didn't bring everyone back. I I can kind of see why it failed, and at the same time, it was not necessarily given the opportunity it needed to fully grow back into what it was. Um, Granted, when G4 was at its height there wasn't a lot of alternatives to it. Um, YouTube was still in its infancy. Twitch it wasn't a thing. Um, <laughs> you know, video game news sites were a dime a dozen. It, 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 it literally the medium nerd, nerddom in general was, it really only had G4 and IGN and And games radar and things like that um and like official magazines and stuff, and game informer, you know now there's everybody has a podcast, right everyone has a YouTube channel, there's niche channel there's niche communities now there's discords there's there's so many things um you know, I forgot kotaku as well there there's so many things though. That exists now that didn't exist when G4 was at its height. And and that's why it died to begin with. And it was going to be very hard to come back and compete with modern gaming nerd media in general. And unfortunately it didn't... I mean hell, Disney XD was showing video game tournaments. It, it just it didn't... It didn't come back with all the support it needed. It didn't come back with all the network or the, all the cable providers it needed. Um, I don't think it had the programming it needed. It, they should have been showing like they should have worked out a deal with esports leagues from the start to fill in time when X-Play, Attack of the Show, and other things weren't on. Uh, They should have secured the rights for reruns of certain things. Like, their execution, I think, failed. And that was a big part of it. But, it's dead. You have to find, uh, if, if you didn't go back to G4, I guess you're not harmed. If you did go back to G4, I'm sure a lot of those people will land on their feet somewhere else. But you'll have to fill that void with whatever you were watching before it came back. Um, EA has announced that it will be shutting down the servers on a lot of games within the next upcoming months. So if you're still playing these games or you need to get certain achievements that require online play, make sure you get it done before the servers shut down. Uh, starting next week, Army of Two, The 40th Day, Army of Two, The Devil's Cartel, and Dragon Age Origins. Multiplayer screenshot server will all be shut down. On November 9th, Command and Conquer Red Alert 3, Command and Conquer 3 Tiberium Wars, Command and Conquer 3 Kane's Wrath, and Mercenary 2 World in Flames, all their servers will be shut down. On Rush on November 30th, and then January 19th, we'll see the closure of Mirror's Edge, NBA Jam on Fire Edition, Gatling Gears, and Shank 2. Um, those will all be shut down. Uh, their servers will be shut down. Um, on those dates, uh, WB Games has announced a new RPG uh, set in the Mortal Kombat universe, however, it will be a mobile only game. Mortal Kombat Onslaught is set to launch next year with a full cinematic story on mobile devices. Sony has finally announced a release date and price for its new DualSense Edge controller, which is meant to compete with the Microsoft Xbox Elite Series 2 controller. Um, It will launch on January 26th for $200. Uh, You can start pre-ordering it and reserving one next week on the 26th. Uh, It will feature hairpin adaptive triggers. Uh, It will have two extra paddles on the back, and you can swap out different joysticks um a little bit less options than the elite series controller for almost fifty dollars more um, i already have issues with the dual sense in general uh, it feels cheap to me um, i do hope i i don't know if i'm really the target audience for this just because i don't use my dual sense that much in general um, I don't even use the paddles on my Elite Series 2 controller. So um, I get the hairpin stuff, but $200 is very steep, especially for that controller. Um, I'm sure a lot of people will buy it. I'm sure a lot of people will use it. My biggest concern is will it be weighted like the Elite Series 2 controller is? Um, Will it be better than the scuff version of the DualSense? There's a lot of questions here that a lot of people have and want to know, and will it be worth the $200 price tag when it launches in January. Uh, Meanwhile, the Elite Series controllers are now customizable through Xbox's Design Lab, Uh, so you can now get your own custom, uh, albeit with big black grips, uh, custom Elite Series 2 controller starting at $149 um, for additional for an additional rates, you can get a custom, uh, controller case. You can get custom colored joysticks paddles and the like. Um, and those are now available on Xbox's design lab where you can create custom controllers. Um, we've also learned that Netflix has opened a new game studio here in Southern California. It will be led by, um, a former, uh, Blizzard employee, um, no word yet though on its name or its location or what they'll be working on. Um Konami had a big day today, announcing a slew of new Silent Hill information. Uh Silent Hill 2 is getting a remake from Team Blue from Bloober Team. Uh Return to Silent Hill will be a new Silent Hill movie being helmed by the director of the first film. Uh and Silent Hill F, a new spin-off set in Japan. Um in the past. Uh, so if you're a big fan of Silent Hill. There you go. Uh, and then we're also learning now. That Xbox and Microsoft have agreed. To Sony. Uh, that they will not put Call of Duty on Game Pass. In an effort to. Um, assage, uh Sony's fears. Because Sony is, is fighting them. Mostly in regards to Game Pass. And. Um, We've also learned that Sony has canceled their upcoming showcase as to not let it be fuel for Microsoft's fire against them and, and Sony trying to block their purchase of Activision Blizzard. Um, this is turning into a big, ridiculous fight all over Call of Duty, which Microsoft has already promised that they'll get through at least 2027, if not longer, um... I I just... It's, this is becoming a ridiculous fight. I, I really... I'm just really confused. Sony... Sony needs to get their head out of their ass. That's all I'm going to say. I, they're that afraid of... I think they're more afraid of Game Pass than they are of Call of Duty and the Activision buyout because I, I would love to see what the numbers are for their new PlayStation, what are they calling it? PlayStation Now or, um, PlayStation Plus, that's what it's called. Um, I would love to see what their numbers are for that and how people are enjoying it now that we're like two months, three months in, I think. Anywho, let's move on to TV. Uh, Martin Scorsese is said to be working on a, um, uh, Gangs of New York TV show which uh, I think is pretty cool. Uh, It's a great movie. Of course it's a Scorsese film. Uh, This show needs to be on Amazon or HBO or Netflix because they'll give it the proper money for him to allow it to be good. Um, And if you're sitting here wondering what would they do a, a show on? Well, you could do it on the years where DiCaprio's character left New York before he came back after his father died. Spoiler! like a 20 year old movie. Um, obviously, it would be a lot like Scorsese's other shows, um, namely Boardwalk Empire. but I uh, granted this takes place like 60 years before that. Uh, but still, I, I think this is a great thing to happen. I think it will do very well as long as it's executed properly. Uh, Netflix has announced uh, several new things. Uh, Their ad-supported tier will now release on November 3rd at 9 9 a.m. Pacific Time. Uh, It will be called Basic with Ads. It will cost $6.99 a month. It will be available in the U.S., Australia, Brazil, Canada, France, Germany, Italy, Japan, Korea, Mexico, Spain, and the U.K. Uh, It will be limited to 720p HD, which is the same as Netflix's other Basic plans. Uh, You can expect to 4 to 5 minutes of ads per hour, which is way less than actual TV, Um, and they will be 15 to 30 seconds in length. Uh, Just a quick pause on that. Uh, Your average hour of television features at least 15 minutes of ads, just so you're aware. Um, They also said ads will play before and during the shows and films. Some movies and TV shows will not be available due to licensing restrictions. Uh, It is working on that front to add more. Uh, you will not be able to download titles on this plan either. Um, they did launch this amid subscription loss um, and password cracked, uh, crackdown on password sharing and things like that. Um, speaking of which, they've begun to roll out their profile transfer. Um, which, I guess, if you get off your friend's account... Um, You can now transfer all of your data to your new account. Um, It's testing out profile transfer. So that way you can keep your personalized recommendations, history, lists, games, and other settings if you start your own new membership. Um, It's easier for you if you want to start your own account if you get kicked off. Um, It's essentially them saying, hey, stop sharing accounts. Um, Huh. It's going to be begin rolling out to features, uh, I guess, today. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. But, meanwhile, they've also announced that they've gotten 2.4 million new subscribers. They are essentially filled the hemorrhage uh, that they were dealing with over the last six months. Um, it sounds like almost all... Of their users that they lost. Have been recouped. Which is interesting. Um, they haven't had a lot of new stuff drop. On Netflix recently. Uh, but maybe those are all people. Jump and ship from HBO Max. Who knows. Who knows. Um, and our last bit of TV news. Before we get into some reviews. Uh, Alan Moore has been in the news. A lot recently. Saying really stupid stuff. As per usual. Um. I don't really like Alan Moore. I love his work. I don't like the man personally or his views on things um, or his views on fans. Uh, He also famously hates every adaptation of his work. Um, And he was being interviewed by GQ. And obviously he says, quote, I would be the last person to want to sit through any adaptations of my work from what i've heard of them it would be an enormously punishing it would be torturous and for no very good reason quote unquote it's very strange considering a lot of people like the watchman film and the v for vendetta film um this now includes the the watchman tv show which i also agree was just not this is the one time i'm going to agree with alan moore the watchman tv show was not good um he said quote there was an incident probably a concluding incident for me. I received a bulky parcel through Federal Express that arrived here in my sedate little living room. It turned out to contain a powder blue barbecue apron with a hydrogen symbol on the front. Um, There was a frank letter from the showrunner of the Watchmen television adaptation, which I hadn't heard was a thing at that point, but the letter, I think it opened with, Dear Mr. Moore, I am one of the bastards currently destroying Watchmen. That wasn't the best opener. It went on through a lot of what seemed to me To be neurotic rambling. Can you at least tell me how how to pronounce Ozymandias? Obviously, or quote unquote. Uh, He then went on to say, quote, I got back with a very abrupt and probably hostile reply telling him that I'd thought that Warner Brothers were aware that they nor any of their employees shouldn't contact me again for any reason. I explained that I disowned the work in question, and partly that was because of the film industry and the comics industry seemed to have created things that had nothing to do with my work, but which would be associated with it in the public mind. I said, look, this is embarrassing to me. I don't want anything to do with you or your show. Please don't bother me again. Quote, unquote. Um, <laughs> he went on to say, quote, when I saw the television industry awards that the Watchmen television show had apparently won, I thought, oh God, perhaps a large part of the public... This is what they think Watchmen was. They think that it was a dark, gritty, dystopian superhero franchise that was something to do with white supremacism. Did they not understand Watchmen? Watchmen was nearly 40 years ago and was relatively simple in comparison with a lot of my later work. What are the chances that they broadly understood anything since? This tends to make me feel less than fond of those works. They mean a bit less in my heart. quote unquote. Um... Yeah, I I don't agree with the rest of his statements, Um, but uh, I think a lot of people have been misinterpreting Watchmen in general lately. Um, He made some comment about if you worship Rorschach or superheroes, you'll be a fascist. It's dangerous territory. Um, But yeah, he's famously told people don't contact him. Obviously, Damon Lindelof didn't listen to anyone and contacted him anyway. I don't know what the point of that was. He was obviously not going to watch the show and probably hate it regardless. And like, it's Ozymandias. It's literally, I I don't know why you think you need to know how to pronounce it. Anywho, let's talk about some TV shows and how their episodes fared. Uh, the She-Hulk finale was amazing. And Super Meta, I'm looking at you, K-E-V-I-N. Um, like, the most fourth Breaking Wall episode they've had, which I think is good, because they're getting ready to really prepare people for Deadpool. Um, more Daredevil, which is always good as well. And I have a feeling that, uh, She-Hulk will be appearing in Daredevil Born Again. Uh, that's for damn sure. We got teases for Hulk's future. Um, and... A tease of when the X-Men are coming. (laughs) Um, No, it was good. She-Hulk's finale was much better than anticipated. Uh, Unfortunately, the leader did not show up when we found out who was behind the She-Hulk intelligentsia characters. Um, However, that doesn't necessarily mean it's bad. Um, I liked the reveal, actually. The... Overall, episode I know a lot of people were were frustrated with how um, it handled kind of the story they set up in the week before, but you know, you can't please everyone. Uh, I thought it was a good episode in general, but I really hope we get a season two of She Hulk because it's well deserved. Um, If you haven't watched it, they're all available now. It's a really funny show. It, it's, it's different than the MCU has ever done before. Like I said, it's very meta. It's got fourth wall breaks. I think they're really getting people ready for Deadpool in two years, um, and they want to make sure people are used to fourth wall breaks, which we've never had before um, in the MCU. And also, there is a point where um, you think maybe something's wrong. Don't touch your remote. That's all I'm going to say. Do not touch your remote. Nothing is wrong. You're just being tricked by the fourth wall break. That's all I'll say. I don't want to spoil too much. Uh, But some other spoilers which are way out on the internet. We do meet meet Hulk's son, Scar, um, which doesn't look like we're getting uh, World War Hulk necessarily, uh, but maybe Planet Hulk um, and possibly a Hulk movie. I, I sounds like maybe Marvel has gotten the rights back from Universal for a Hulk film. Um, Rings of Power had its last episode last week as well. Uh, building off the creation of Mordor uh, under Adar. Um, but we finally learned some things about some mystery characters. Uh, we finally have our Sauron who is someone I thought he was from the beginning of the show. Um, Or at least the second or third episode, I was like, Oh, that's him. 100% that's him. Um, It is not Anatar as we thought, but it is someone related to smithing. Uh, If you're a fan of Tolkien lore, you know that Sauron did play a part in the smithing of the rings. Um, Speaking of which, we finally get to see at least three of the Rings of Power, uh, the ones worn by the Elf Lords. Uh, Celebrimbor shows some signs of his lust for power, which is similar to the Celebrimbor in the Shadow of War games, and Shadow of Mordor games. Um, But like I said, we finally know who Sauron is, which I called it, 100%, I'm not the only one who called it, but I called it. Uh, the stranger, on the other hand, I'm still not convinced that it's Gandalf. Um, a lot of people think it's Gandalf. I don't think it's Gandalf. Uh, he does say the "follow your nose" quote. Uh, he is still Ishtari. Ishtari, I think, is how you pronounce that. Uh, but it's not. I do not think it's Gandalf, and I, I, I think it's, a, it's purposely making us think it's Gandalf, uh, only for it to pull a misdirection. They have begun filming Season 2, but from my understanding now is we should not expect Season 2 for at least another year and a half, if not two years. So it might be 2024 before we see Season 2 of Rings of Power. Uh, House of the Dragon uh, had its penultimate episode, and uh, this is now following the death of King Viserys, and whoa... Princess Rhaenys going hard as a mofo. From my understanding, this scene is not in the book. Um, Pulling up on her dragon, Melis, And we're finally, finally the the Dance of Dragons. The War of Dragons, however you want to call it. Uh, The Civil War of the Targaryens has begun. Um, Aegon, Alicent and Viserys' son Aegon has been become crowned king of the First Men, the roynar and the Seven Kingdoms. Um, however, uh, via a coup, essentially. Um, but now we know how it, I think the rest of the show is going to play out. And that's why George R. R. Martin said it needs at least four seasons. So we're going to get at least three seasons, which will essentially tell the story of one year really. Um, One or two years, I think it is. But I cannot wait uh, to see how the finale goes. Uh, You know, in in Game of Thrones, the penultimate episode always used to be some big major battle or some big major set piece. Uh, We did have a big major set piece, but no battle. I don't think we're going to have any battles for for some time just yet. Um, But... House of the Dragon is killing it and killing folk as well. Uh, And then Andor today. Last week was the most non-Star Wars episode of Andor. This week was the most non-episode of Andor. It it is really giving off those HBO drama vibes, like I said before. Um, Andor on a beach as well, by the way. Anytime we see shore troopers, I'm I'm a giddy, giddy, giddy camper. Um... So yes, there's there's shore troopers. Uh, the rebellion is is starting to find its footing. Uh, all of our characters haven't reunited just yet, uh, but plotting is is going on in on Coruscant with uh, with Mon Mothma, um, Luthen, who is played by Stellan Skarsgård. He is very happy because his planned uh, operation f- successfully uh, did what it was supposed to. Uh, we get Wolf Yalaren, Admiral Wolf Yalaren, head of ISB, Imperial Security Bureau. Uh, he was a background character in A New Hope. He was a character voiced by Tom Kane in The Clone Wars and started to gain notoriety. And now we have a new actor playing him uh, here. Um, of course, famously, he would go on to die on the first Death Star, though, in A New Hope. He is the man sitting around the the conference table in the white Imperial uniform, that is the ISB uniform, uh, essentially like the FBI-CIA of the Empire. Um, This was meant as a transition episode, uh, as the next three episodes will tell a a distinct story, just like the first three did, the second three did, uh, and this, like I said, was a transition episode. We get to see our first KX droid, which... Obviously, will eventually one of them will become K-2SO, one of my favorite droid characters in Star Wars. Um, I am digging this show, though. We get to see more of the story Star Wars universe than we ever have before in live action. Like a lot of this stuff has always been hinted at in Legends and in books, like Imperial NewsNet that's on the Holonet, um, like mid-range government offices. In the Empire. Um, <laughs> like. I am very excited for this show. I am loving it. Apparently it's Disney Plus's least watched show. Um, despite how good it is. And I think that has to do with it being called. A lot of Star Wars creators think it has to do with it being named Andor. And tied to Rogue One. And because obviously Cassian dies in Rogue One. So people are wondering How it's about him. And most people probably don't even know that his name was Cassian. Like, mild fans, right? So they probably see this and are wondering, this is Star Wars? I mean, we didn't get Stormtroopers until Episode 7. So, uh, we had Imperial Army show up while on Haldani. So, I I can see why it's maybe the least watched show, despite it being their best Star Wars live-action show to date. Uh, hopefully that doesn't hurt it moving forward. Obviously we already know we're getting season two, um, but hopefully that doesn't lead them to not make more Star Wars shows without the volume, without their giant LED studio. Um, but we'll see. That's, that's it for television. Um, let's move on to movies here. Uh, Lonely Island. The Lonely Island crew uh, wants to revive the Naked Gun franchise, this time with Leslie Nielsen. Um, Wait. No, Leslie Nielsen's the original Frank Drebin. With Liam Neeson. (laughs) Um, They want Liam Neeson to come on board and play the son of Leslie Nielsen's character. Uh, I am 100% on board with this. I love the Naked Gun movies. I don't care... What people say or think how terrible they are. The Naked Gun movies are hilarious to me. And I think Liam Neeson, who doesn't always get to do comedy, I think he would kill it in that movie. Uh, Joe Manganiello, who is a famous D&D player, is going to be co-directing a Dungeons & Dragons documentary. Um... I I love Joe Manganiello, man. He's just a big old nerd, and I love it. And I wish we got to see more of him as Deathstroke. Um, We are now learning, after this had been heavily rumored for the last few weeks, Deadline is reporting that Harrison Ford has signed on to take over uh, William Hurt's role of Thaddeus Thunderbolt Ross uh, in the MCU. Uh, William Hurt, of course, passed away earlier this year due to complications from, I think, pancreatic cancer, if I'm not mistaken. Um, The 81-year-old Ford will take over moving forward for the Thunderbolts film as well as Captain America 4. Um, He doesn't get to play villains often, and it's interesting that he... Normally, you like lately, he hasn't... uh, he doesn't always like to do these big tentpole fan-centric films, right? Like, we we all famously know how he feels about Star Wars fans. <laughs> I don't know if he feels the same about Indiana Jones fans. Um, but it'll be interesting, of course, to see him take on... Um, take on the role of Thunderbolt Thaddeus Ross. I doubt then... That he will turn into the Red Hulk. I'm just going to say that. I I don't think he's going to be big on on that kind of stuff. As in, I don't see Harrison getting into a morph suit. And getting all the dots put on his face for motion capture. And sorry, he died of prostate cancer earlier this year. Uh, William Hurt did. Um, But I would like to see how Harrison Ford takes over the role. Um, We also lost a great man. Uh, Robbie Coltrane, famous for playing Rubeus Hagrid in the Harry Potter film series, passed away at the age of 72. Um, he also famously was in two James Bond films um, as an ex-KGB agent, uh, but obviously the most of the world will recognize him as Hagrid, um, and it's unfortunate that we've we've lost him. Uh, he will forever live in my memory as Hagrid, and a great rendition of Hagrid as well. Um, I don't think anyone could have done it better. Um, uh, a lot of murmurs have go- been going on lately in regards to the cancelled Star Trek IV, or fourth Star Trek Kelvin film. Uh, I don't like to call it Star Trek IV because it's technically like Star Trek fifteen. Um, but J.D. Payne and Patrick McKay, who are the showrunners of the Rings of Power, um, were essentially writing the script for the fourth Star Trek film in the reboot. Um, and they called it, quote, Indiana Jones and the Last Crew Stayed in Space, unquote. Uh, they were being interviewed by Esquire and questions were asked in regards to their Star Trek project that ultimately was not made. Um, And this is what they said, quote, the concept was, uh, the conceit was that through a cosmic quirk in the Star Trek world, uh, Pine and Hemsworth characters were the same age. Uh, It was going to be a grandfather, a grand father, son space adventure. Think Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade in space. We were really thrilled about it. We had an original villain and a really cool 2001, a space odyssey-esque sci-fi idea at the core. We worked on it for two and a half years with Lindsay Weber, our non-writing executive producer on Rings of Power, and an amazing director, S.J. Clarkson. The movie eventually fell apart and it really was a heartbreak for us. It's part of what led us here because it got us thinking, gosh, with a big IP title, big movie stars, and a story that we all felt had the chance to be terrific, it couldn't come together. We felt that the winds were shifting against big movies, which is is part of what made us start taking TV seriously. That led us to the Rings of Power, but we would have loved to make that movie, quote-unquote. They went on to say essentially how George Kirk, played by Chris Hemsworth, would have returned. Um, They said, quote, There's an episode of Star Trek The Next Generation called Relics, where they find Scotty, who's been trapped in a transporter for a couple of decades, and they're able to have a cool adventure with him. Our conceit was, what if right before the Kelvin impacted with that huge mining ship, George Kirk had tried to beam himself over to his wife's shuttle, where his son Jim Kirk had just been born, and what if that ship hadn't completely exploded? What if it left some space junk? Think about when you send a text message and you've typed it out, but you haven't quite hit send. On the other side, they see those three little dots that someone has typed. It's like the transporter had absorbed his pattern up into the pattern buffer, but it hadn't spit him out on the other side. It was actually a saved copy of him that was in the computer. Um. So the adventure is that Chris Pine and the crew of the Enterprise have to seek out the wreckage of the ship that his father died on because of a mystery and a new villain. In the ship, they stumble across his father's pattern, they beam him out, and he has no idea that time has passed at all, and that he's looking at his son. Then the adventure goes from there. Uh, End quote. Here's my issue. While that sounds cool, in execution, no. No. Um, I saw, I think it was io9 wrote an article about how, yes, the first two in the reboot were fun, but they focused too much on Kirk and Spock, whereas Beyond, which is, I personally think is the best one in the reboot, I don't want to call it a reboot because technically it, it's an offshoot of the Prime Universe and they it coexist together, um, but, uh, Beyond is definitely the best because like io9 said as well that it's an ensemble film right it doesn't just focus on kirk star trek is at its best when it involves everyone um while i would love to have seen chris hemsworth come back i just i don't know i don't know how that would work as a film yes relics is a cool episode Um, essentially what happens is they find a, a crashed federation ship uh called the genolan on a giant Dyson sphere, uh, and in the ship's pattern buffer, which is the, the 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 device they use for transporting people in Star Trek, is Scotty. Literally, Scotty from the original series. Um, granted, the Next Generation takes place like a hundred something years after um, the end of. Let me let me double check. Hold on. Because I might be wrong on 100 years. Okay, I was off by a little bit. So, the last time we see Scotty is in 2293, when he is aboard the Enterprise B, uh, which is in the film uh, Star Trek Generations. um, Which, funnily enough, that movie was filmed... uh, That movie came out in 1994... And Relics, the episode, aired in 1992. So technically, Scotty returns in Next Generation um, before we see him for the last time in um, Star Trek Generations. Anyway, so Star Trek Generations takes place, the first part of it anyway, takes place in 2293. That's technically the last time we see Scotty um he goes missing sometime after that uh um which is when he's found in the pattern buffer on the Janolin uh in hold on he's been missing for 75 years um so so 2294 is when his ship crashes which is a year after generations um And, hold on, I'm trying to find the date of when they're in. Anyway, it's 75 years, right? So, anyway, that episode, while good, it's not the greatest. Um, It literally... Like, Scotty gets all butthurt about it because he's in the future and all this other stuff. And and I, I just... I don't know how I feel about them using that for George Kirk. Um it's uh I don't know, it's them using the plot of an episode again. And that that's the issue the 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 Kelvin timeline has is it's it's too much of redoing of old storylines, right? at least with the old movies they were different in a way um, they they didn't necessarily rehash plots of episodes and that's the biggest thing i have with that and that's why I, i'm kind of happy that star trek or that version of star trek 4 in air quotes wasn't made um the Twister sequel looks like it may finally be happening. Uh, Universal hopes to get production started on that as early as this spring. Um, so we'll see we'll see if that actually happens. I guess Helen Hunt would be returning. Uh, obviously Pil- Bill Paxton passed away so he would not be. Uh, we're hearing rumors that Rihanna may be performing a song for the Black Panther end credits. Uh, Rihanna has not had a major album in several years, uh, so this would be a big return to music for her. Um, a Christmas Story is getting a sequel, and uh, Peter Billingsley is back, and it's going to be on HBO Max. A trailer is out for it now. I'm not a I don't I've never seen a Christmas Story. It's not a thing in my family. Um, I don't, my parents have never seen it. I've never seen it. Uh, I know that one channel does 24 hours of it on Christmas, but I, I don't know, man. I don't know. Um, and to close out Movies Day, we have a, a lot going on over at at DC, at Warner Brothers, in regards to the DC Extended Universe or whatever we're calling the, the DC film franchise. Um, we will have a review of... Uh, uh, Black Adam next week. I'm going to go see it this weekend. Um, Even though it's not getting great reviews online, that's okay. It's The Rock. I think it's going to be fun. Um, A big story from The Hollywood Reporter. We've learned a lot of new things. Uh, James Gunn has been secretly working on another movie for DC, which I'm guessing will be his next film after Guardians of the Galaxy 3. Uh, He is still working on uh, Peacemaker Season 2 with Warner Brothers as well. Um, and there's also apparently the Flash 2 script has already been written the first Flash film took forever to get a solid script and now we're learning the second film has a script already written and done and will all depend on how well the Flash movie does which is kind of up in the air right now with everything regarding Ezra Miller which is wild to me that a second script, the the script for the second film, is already written. It's rare that superhero scripts are done before they start filming, before the first one even comes out. Let's put it that way. Man of Steel two is officially go with Henry Cavill, which is honestly the greatest fucking news, and it took them so fucking long to do it. Um, the end credit scene of Black Adam has already leaked online, so you can understand why this news isn't that much of a surprise to me at this point. Um, I'm just shocked it took this long. That's where my shock is at this point. So I, I don't know what the fuck is going on at DC. They're very confused. Uh, apparently Matt Reeves is working on spin-offs from the Batman to focus on villains. I don't know if these would be TV shows or films, but they include Scarecrow, Clayface of all villains, and Professor Pig. Um, Scarecrow and Professor Pig make sense for that universe. Uh, I don't want another Scarecrow though. I think we need to give some other villains a chance. I know Scarecrow's a great villain though, um, and I think he. It makes a lot of sense for that Batman universe. Professor Pig does as well. Scar- Clayface though, I, I love Clayface, man. Don't get me wrong, but uh, they didn't really drop supernatural elements in that film, so that's where i'm a little confused um and i guess the, the scripts for the batman were locked and had tracking devices on them so that way if one was ever lost they'd know which actor lost it um we're also learning that black adam had gone through four separate cuts to get to pg-13 The film was originally rated R. I think they probably should have maybe kept it R, Uh, but was R for its violent killing scenes. Uh, Via Collider, producers Bo Flynn and Hiram Garcia revealed uh, it had been on track to receive an R rating from the MPAA, the Motion Picture Association of America, um, for its extreme acts of violence. Uh, They worked, though, on a collaborative process with the board to get that PG-13 rating. They said, quote, we really wanted to make sure that we honored the character of Black Adam. One of the things he's known for is his aggression and violence. And to do a Black Adam movie that didn't have that just wouldn't have been authentic. So we always went into this knowing that we were going to push it as far as we did. We knew it was going to be a collaborative process with the MPAA to finally get it to where we were able to get that rating. But we were able to pull it off. Four rounds of cuts. But it was really important for us to do that. And that's something Dwayne was very committed to as well. Um. quote-unquote so i hope there's a director's cut out there somewhere that gets released one day um we've also learned that ezra Mil- miller has pleaded not guilty to felony burglary charges in vermont which could have netted them 26 years in prison um if they are convicted they face the maximum sentence and over two thousand dollars in fines Wait, what? $2,000 in fines in 26 years does not match up. I'm sorry, no. So per deadline, uh, Ezra Miller has been charged in Vermont. Uh, they appeared remotely on October 17th for session in the Criminal Division Court. Uh, they they did plead not guilty. Um, the charges stem from an incident that occurred on August 7th uh, where Miller... Allegedly stole three bottles of liquor from the pantry of a private home. 26 years for three bottles of alcohol? What the fuck is going on in Vermont, man? What? And that's a felony? Okay, Vermont needs to get their shit together. Because that's out of control. Um... I I guess... And here's even a different thing. The house belongs to one of Ezra's childhood friends. uh, Allegedly. Ezra also claims they thought they were allowed to enter the premises to get the rice wine. Um, I guess this person doesn't want to be friends with Ezra anymore. Um, (laughs) The next hearing is on January 13th. Uh, Ezra put out a statement via their lawyer saying quote Ezra would like to acknowledge the love and support they have received from their family and friends who continue to be a vital presence in their ongoing mental health quote unquote um I know Ezra has been getting a lot of help obviously they realized that uh they were putting their financial future and their own personal future on the line and affecting a movie they allegedly care a lot about uh especially with all the ongoing turmoil turmoil at Warner Brothers, DC, uh, Ezra went on to say, quote, having recently gone through a time of intense crisis, I now understand that I am suffering complex mental health issues and have begun ongoing treatment. I want to apologize to everyone that I have alarmed and upset with my past behavior. I'm committed to doing the necessary work to get back to a healthy, safe, and productive stage in my life. Quote unquote. I wish them the best. I really do. Mainly because I just want to see this flash movie. um, And as we know that Warner Brothers is looking for a Kevin Feige type uh, to head DC Films, uh, we've learned that the previous person in charge, uh, Walter Hamada, has left the company uh, via deadline. We knew that he was, there's been stories and stuff going on that he was going to leave after Black Adam um, because he was ready to quit on the spot after the Batgirl fiasco. uh, And his contract was was through at least next year. Um, but now we've learned that he pretty much packed up his office and left. Um, they, they've been pushing hard for Dan Lin to take over. I don't know if that's going to happen. Um, but we'll see what happens with Walter Hamada moving forward and with what happens at DC films moving forward. Um, as it's constantly in a state of flux. Uh, that is it, though, for this week's episode of Nixner News. Thank you guys, as always, for listening week in, week out. Uh, make sure to check out nixnernews.com, where you can listen to the show right in your browser. Uh, or, if you prefer, you can listen to the show on the go uh, by subscribing on Spotify, on Google Podcasts, on Apple Podcasts. Uh, you can also check us out on Amazon Music, on iHeartRadio. Uh, we have a Discord, um, We're on all the major platforms, so give us a listen, give us a like, give us a follow. Also, while you're there on the website, check out our social media tab, or just search Nixner News on your preferred social media platform of choice. We're always posting fun memes. Uh, And with that, I will catch you guys on the flip side.